welcome to another week of embarking on a beautiful journey of experiencing his nearness as we prepare our heart mind and spirit to receive fresh manna this day let our lives be filled with the truth of god's word and may the lord bless you to live your life in its fullness i remember a church when i say i remember a church you should understand that i'm here after a very very long time but i come with with you know with a fresh reverence to where i stand this this podium this stage okay it has it has seen uh, we've been in this hall for 10 years so you can understand in 10 years what the walls have heard what this place has seen yeah and and is it okay if i if i talk a little bit yeah it it, it may not i may not jump right into the word okay i am a talker and i like to i like to bring stories okay so i'm going to tell you my story and i'm going to tell you why i'm so grateful today i'm 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 extremely grateful i am i'm here with a fresh reverence okay now and and somewhere it will connect back to where where the the lord is taking us okay so you should understand that no when when we started this church it was just a few of us and i am so grateful to god for those few people that god had given us and those few people who were sold out absolutely sold out for god who brought their everything into this house and who's seen no benefit out of this church okay when when we started now you should you, you've seen my baby right she's very cute to look at now uh, the one reason i don't give you the baby is because she's pretty cute to look at but the minute she cries i can see helplessness in all of your eyes okay because <laughs> you have no clue what to do with that child if she poops her pants okay so i keep her with myself and i show you see nice cute okay so if you really love that child okay if you really show love or if you really feel love for someone what do you do what do you do you change you take that baby full of stinky underwear okay full of nice atomic bomb uh, equivalent to that content okay and what do you do you take that wipe and you put your hand in a place that god forbid you will have to okay you you really put your hand into the mess and you clean it out and you put a fresh pair of diapers you wipe her out you put a nice looking uh, you know like all the little h&m rompsies that you see rompers onesies that you see okay you you put you put lotion you make her smell nice you make her look nice put a little tiny bow you make her wear that dress and you know what she does the next thing no she pukes on it <laughs> and then you start the process all over again and then they become one year old then they become two year old and then you have these nice white walls in your house you know what they do with it you might have painted it with all your sweat and tears you might have painted it they come with a fresh crayon and they decide to make a canvas out of it and then you know they are 4 5 10 they get into your kitchen they make a mess and time and again and time and again and as a parent and as a 
person who loves that child you don't banish them out of the house what do you do you clean you come back you wipe the counter you put the you take those stinky vessels you clean them put it back in the rack and you know trust me that's my life currently so it's just an endless cycle of serving cleaning serving cleaning why am i telling you i'm not telling you so you can give me a pity i'm telling you that that was where our church was once upon a time it was a really small church and the church had needs it was crying out every 2 hours we didn't have enough rent to pay for this church and it had come to a place where the owner said you know what if you can't pay you've not paid for the past 6 months why don't you move out and there were people who were serving and they said no we're going to we're going to take it out of our personal money and we're going to give rent and there were and you know and and there was time when i i i don't acknowledge it often when the man is around okay but i'm in awe of this man pastor priji okay <laughs> yeah please do honor the man of god honor him come on now i'm not i'm not asking you i'm not asking you to make him a celebrity okay but i want to acknowledge because i have seen a little bit not not his entirety i have seen a little bit of his life okay and i have seen how sold out he was when when he started the church and it was before we got married when he started the church he was just one guy with probably like three four people with him and at that point of time when we moved when we had moved into this hall it was bare like like there were no walls there was just one big hall and it was awkwardly shaped there was no there was nothing to keep uh, you know the sound contained and we had a very bad set of drums and that was all and this man he would lead worship he would uh lead worship from the drums and then he will get up from there and then he, oh yes thank you <laughs> i have people from back then who can attest to what has you know what has been happening pasakachi is when i know silvia was there i know elena was there so um he would then immediately jump up and and give the 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 welcome note and he'll welcome all the newcomers which will be just like one two people who will never come back after that because who would want to come to a church that is not equipped you know it doesn't have all the fancy things that you see in a church and and, and then he'll go on to the word and then he will finish the word and he'll pray then he'll stand at the door and he'll uh, shake hands with everybody and you know he was just this one guy who was everywhere and i am so grateful to god from there from that one man god has raised an army amen god has raised an army that not just looks like an army i'm not talking about looking looking in numbers in numbers i'm not talking about that i'm talking about a certain group of people who have caught the serving or the servitude okay that attitude the passion and and the vision that that man has and you are currently running with it so i am going to be talking to that set of people i am not going to give you a feel good sermon because that is not what we are called for that is not where we are okay we have been called to carry the vision that god planted in the heart of one person and he has done a good job because he was faithful and he um, you know kept kept giving at the at his own cost he kept giving 
and and god will bless him for that okay now how ripe are you how ready are you to receive that word it's okay i don't i don't want i don't want a physical or a you know visual um cue of how much you're ready because i want you to check your heart that's all i just want you to ask yourself because i was not ready and i i was the minute i got married i didn't marry a man i married an institution okay it was like church you know there is there is a whole big joke in malayalam that says pulluru what is that that uh, he's or kendram man you know like he's like one one establishment in itself okay so i did not marry a man and i did not ask for it when i said god i need a man of god i meant a guy who could lead the family in prayer or you know like just christian enough to take us to to not take us in the wrong way i said lord just give me a man who will help me reach uh, you know my my purpose in life but god decided that and also god has this be very careful when you pray okay be very careful when you pray there's a chinese proverb that says be careful what you ask for lest it might come true it's a it's a really good point okay because i asked god for a man of god and i said little tall <laughs> i meant not shorter than me just a little tall okay the jokes on me never mind so i got married to this man and i just got pushed into this whole thing of pastor's wife like i mean there are there are people who think that i know i know thank you <laughs> there were people who thought that i had read the bible cover to cover because i married a pastor nobody gets married like that to the point that one day i looked at him I, there was an auto in front of us and it it had a very very nice verse on it and i read it and it said nahum i said wow the muslims also have such revelation the verses are so good and my husband like he's very kind he didn't disown me you know because like for him it would have been a shocker what this woman she does not cut short to 10 years later anyhow so i was coming to how uh, i was not ready i was not ready for any of this but you no know, people were i'm 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 talking about people who have really really put in their everything to serve in this house and 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 i can tell you that you know god is not a debtor Amen. they have served but god is never a debtor you can never uh short change god can never short change god now here i was um you know as a person i i've not had big dreams i was i was an ambitious person in terms of my career i was an ambitious person but there was this one desire that i had carried from a really small time and and that was that i wanted to be a mother because i wanted to have kids and i wanted to have like this house full and that was just like a very childish desire that i had but it never went away it was always there okay so 
uh, we got married, we had kids, and there were prophecies after prophecies. I remember one whole year when there were prophecies that God is going to bless you with a third child. And uh, soon enough, we, had, I, we, we got the news that you know, I was carrying. And um, 11 weeks later, I, I miscarried. I couldn't carry that baby ahead. So that was, um, you know, like a hurt that I had. And it was, it was, it was an event that, that was, I was not very happy about. But uh, soon enough, another year passed, and then we got pregnant again, and I miscarried again. And I was like, okay, what is happening? And, and you know, for everything, we have a reasoning, right? Like as a church, and we are Christian, so we have to look at what is the reason this happened. Yes, you should. You should really do that. Uh, but when someone goes through something, instead of trying to look for the reason at that point of time, they open up because they want to be heard. They want an acknowledgement of the fact that, yes, something bad has happened. Okay? So I'm just letting you know, if, if your friend comes and tells you something bad has happened, don't immediately go and tell them, oh, this, it could be because of this. Okay? Acknowledge the pain. Because Jesus, he healed Okay, he turned around and he rebuked. Yes, he did all of that. But at no point did he make the person who came to him feel a to be a burden or to be any less than what they were. Okay, he never called a prostitute a prostitute. But he did say, repent of your sins and don't turn back to your old ways. But, but at the same time, he was so full of love that, you know, he... He made them accepted. He made them feel accepted. And he did accept them. It was not a show. All right. So, uh, second time round when I lost the baby, you question, you know, like, Lord, why is it happening to me? And of course, there will be questions when you are a pastor and, you know, there are people who are learning from your life and they take a moment to say, hey, if the pastor could, ha could go through that, how faithful really is God? He's the one leading, right? So then why did something so bad happen to him? So then I have a problem with that God. You know, there will be people who will think like that. So it was, it was just a lot of questions that came one by one. And I realized, okay, my faith was at some point wavering. Um, but then as is the story with all Christians, we, we you know, turn it around and we are praising and we celebrating. Why? Because last Sunday, pastor said, if you praise, you will get a blessing. And I did. A third time, I did get a blessing. But I lost the baby again. And that was hard. So, I was at a point where I said, I don't think what I am preaching is true. And I stood here and I said, I'm not going to speak lies from this. If I'm saying God is good, I better believe it before I tell the people. And I said, that's it. I'm not, I'm not, not going to preach again. I'm, I'm, I won't be leading worship again. Because I wanted to um, believe myself that the God that I, I tell you is good is really good. And then started this long journey where I said, God, if you don't give me a baby, I'm not going to come back to ministry. And guess what? God was okay with it. 
And I said, God, if you don't give me a baby, I'm not going to pray to you. And God said, I'm okay with that. Because, you know, as a mother, you need to understand there are people, there are kids who will throw tantrums. If you feed into the tantrums, then they will learn to throw more tantrums. And God is not a God, like, you know, he's not this authoritative figure sitting in heaven trying to dictate your life. He is a father. So he's more interested in what is happening in that heart of yours. He's not interested in what car you're driving. If you're driving a good car, good for you. But that's not, that's not where his heart is. So I threw a tantrum. I said, Lord, no way, I'm coming back. God said, that's fine, take your time. And he is a secure father. Someday if your child walks up to you and to your face, they say, I hate you. You know, you can go into a meltdown at that point of time because we are humans and we carry baggages, we carry burdens, okay? But you throw whatever you want at your father, God the Father, he is secure. So you throw all types of tantrums. He says, I am okay with it. Because it talks more about you than about God. And God has given us the safe space for you to go through tantrums at him. Because that is the whole book of Psalm for you. The whole book of Psalm. You read Psalm end to end. It's all about David sitting and saying, Lord, if you would have given me that man, I would have broken his teeth. I would have gouged out his eyes. I would have killed him. You should have seen. I would have done such miracles. If you, would have, if you were with me, I would have done that. Uh, you know, one man, I would have taken down a hundred. But he writes at the end. What does he write at the end? But you, O oh Lord, are sovereign forever. Amen. But you, O oh Lord. He comes back. He says, he says all of this and he still comes back and says, but your mercy endures forever. Yeah, I, may, I may act like a fool in my anger, but your anger is righteous. And I know that your heart for me is good. And so... Happened the same, you know, I started writing psalm and I started throwing flings and flinging paper into the air and I started doing a whole lot of things, okay? One year passed by, no baby. <laughs> and you should understand the context. I want to be a mother. I've always wanted to be a mother. I have, you asked me, I have... You know, all I've read psychological books on psychology, child psychology. When at the age of 13, I'm sitting in my library, school library, sitting, reading child psychology books. Okay, this is how you should bring up mother. Oh, my mother is not doing a good job. I think when I become a mother, <laughs> don't tell me you've not done that. Please. You know, you come to your mother's 60th birthday and you say, um, my mother, I've always, I've learned so much from her. In your heart, you're thinking how not to be like her. <laughs> Me, that's, that's me. Yeah, so I want to be a mother. I, I want to be, 
you know i want a baby it and it and it kept happening it kept happening like every month you know you have this revived hope that okay probably it will be this month and then it's not and for a long 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 wait and in that long wait it's it's all you know like you're throwing arrows into the air you're telling god no lord like why if if you are a god you done that if you really are a god prove to me god says i don't have to prove to anyone that i am god <laughs> you've lived a life long enough to know i am god <laughs> i you've lived li life long enough to know i am good if you've not lived long enough look into your neighbor's life look when you come to church listen to the testimonies good enough so which is why when sarah and abraham and sarah laughed sarah laughed but god said it's okay i will give her the baby but when um zechariah and elizabeth elizabeth doubted zechariah doubted what did god do why no because they already had an example to follow so god can god can prove to you provided you are the first in the line of in the you no know, timeline of the earth and the history of mankind who has never seen that kind of a thing or you are at a place of no return ouch that will be bad you know when when god has to come down and talk to you it means that you've reached a place where after this it will be you and the devil so anyhow god said that's okay you want to throw a tantrum do what you want okay but but it was not in a way of abandoning it was not in a way of abandoning god has this beautiful way of disciplining us in love and that is something i me as a parent with a lot of malayali genes in me and with a lot of delhi you know like yeah it is a tough thing to learn to discipline in love okay you have to love a person to discipline them otherwise <laughs> you are only wounding a person creating more trauma at the you know at a later point and you're just being judgmental and you're just being hypocritical you need to learn to be able to love before you can discipline and that is why i love the church and that is why i i repented when i told god lord i'm sorry that for a season i just took off and i said i wanted my space but i also will tell you that that season when you know when jonah went into uh, he he didn't want to go to nineveh and he went and sat under the little plant god allowed it god allowed it and in the storm jesus went and slept god allows it you want to take a nap when when things are like really bad you want to take a break as leaders you want to take a break not so that you can throw a tantrum but so that you can regain your strength god allows that you want to you know come back to refocus you 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 know you have spent yourself somewhere and you come back to gather your energy god allows it and so there were you know things that happened time after time when these conversations with god started getting sweeter and that's where i want to 
want to emphasize. Okay? There was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of bitterness. There were a lot of questions. God didn't answer a lot of them. And he thought it was okay to leave you at that place of questioning because at the same time, there was a lot of washing of your heart. Lot of, you know, like balming your heart, filling those gaps. Okay? And I came to a place where it started hurting me less and less that I didn't have another baby. I said, Lord, prophecies, prophets, you're, telling, you're calling all of them liars. God said, it's okay. Can't manipulate. <laughs> Can't manipulate him into getting what you want. Because if he does, that will be the end of you. If he gives you what you ask him to give you, that will be the end of you. Take it from me. So if you are asking God for something, I want this, I want this, I don't care what happens, you are in trouble. So God didn't bother to answer questions. But, but you know, the conversation's just getting sweeter and, and more real and your heart was more at peace and you still don't have the answer. You still don't have the result of your faith. Okay? Till one day it happened and the baby came and it was no big deal. You know why? Because now God knew that your faith is not based on a result. And he knew and he knew that if I give her this thing that she is asking for or that she used to ask for, she will not get carried away. You know how church has become that one place where you go and say, Lord, give me this thing that I want. And the minute you get it, then suddenly, you know, there is a rapture happening when you're not seen. Then pastor has to call and find out, Lord, sister, are you okay? Are you being... No, pastor, I got busy with something. Because, because... Our God was not God at that point of time. Our God is this result, this idol. Am I talking to anybody? Does this make sense? Because it made a lot of sense after 10 years of being in ministry teaching people about God. It didn't make sense. It made sense much, 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 much later. That God said, if I give it to you at that point of time, that will become your story, that will become your testimony, that will become your identity. But he does not want that. He does not want that. He wants you to fix your gaze at him. Regardless of what happens. And after all of that happened, when Priji was in the hospital and you know, you know, you know the story, it was like uh, he, the doctors had said very clearly that he will die, okay? Now, I know that you know, everybody was very paranoid and very sympathetic at that point of time, but only my, my uh, physical father, okay? Because he, he's my father. So he asked me, I understand your faith, but what would have happened if he would have died? I don't know. <laughs> I told him. 
what would have happened? What would have happened to the church if he would have died? I don't know. <laughs> because I had reached a place in life where I said, my provision does not come from him. My, uh, you know, my caretaking, of, you know, he, he's, my, he's my covering. He is my provider, okay? He takes care of me. And, and, and I am known as his wife, right? So there is so much to lose. But I know that if I bind my identity to a person and that person gets taken away, I might come back to this place of questioning God, Lord, where are you? But that happened at a time when, when I had already learnt and I knew I couldn't make that mistake. So I did not go to God saying, please give me my husband back. Because now I had learnt my lesson. What if he gives me back and then my husband becomes my idol? So I didn't pray for that. No, I, I want you to think. I want you to ask yourself. I want you to keep questioning, keep, keep prodding. Where is that place where I have made an idol out of my answered prayers? I prayed, I prayed and God gave me this answer and that has become my idol. Just that was it, okay? So, so today when I stand here, I have a renewed identity. I have a, a renewed understanding and I have a renewed reverence to the place that I am, to this to stage, to this church, to the leadership of this church. I have a renewed honor and so I would like to thank Pastor Sijo, Pastor Anu for giving me this opportunity to, be, to share the word. Please honor them. Please honor them. And while you are standing, I want to, I want to acknowledge my spiritual covering, Prophet Shaiju, Prophet Tini, who have had their, their grace covering upon me. And I'm, I am extremely grateful to them. And I also am so grateful for the Apostle Pastor Priji. Now, please be seated. I will quickly get into the word. I know I have taken a lot of your time, but there is this one scripture that I want you to uh, read. It is from Judges chapter 7. It's going to be really quick, okay? So uh, I'm sorry if I go long, but I, I want to cut it short. Judges chapter 7. Uh, yes, 15, the second part of 15 onwards. Now, you know the, the rule in the house, what does it say? If the verse is on the screen, you have to read it. Let's read from, uh, and he returned to the camp of Israel, okay? Ready? One, two, three. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. Who is he? Who is the he? Gideon. It was there in the previous verse. Okay. Uh, uh, verse 16. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them and empty jars with torches inside the jars. Verse 17. And he said to them, look at me. Everybody 
can you emphasize in that? Look at me and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. Can you say that again? Do as I do. Verse 18. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Can you say that? For the Lord and for Gideon. One more time. Is Gideon? Who is Gideon? In this, have you, have you, unlike me, when I had gotten married, have you read the story of Gideon before? Yes, you know the story of Gideon. Gideon was this. Uh, in the Bible, it says he's from the weakest clan of Manasseh. He's the youngest guy, with the most insignificant guy in his family, in his locality, in his town, in his neighborhood, in his country. Okay, he has given, he himself identifies as such to the angel of God who had come to visit him. Okay, can you, can you, okay, I just want to take you back to that uh, place in Judges chapter 6. Okay, we see in verse 11, it says, now the angel of the Lord I'm going to skip, okay, because I'm just going to skim read because these are uh, stories that you already know. So now the angel of the Lord, um, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press uh, to hide it from the Midianites. Now Midianites were people or, or the enemy forces of Israel who were ruthless, okay. If you go back to Judges in the, in the beginning part of uh, the chapter, you will see that the Midianites were so ruthless that when they would come, it would be like a swarm of locusts. You know, have you seen locusts? They come and when they go, there is nothing left. They absolutely ravage the land, okay. And they were known for that cruelty. They were known for that, um, you know, factor that that when they come and when they go, they will carry off everything to the point that you will be close to starving. Now, here is Gideon. He is hiding in the wine press and he is, what is he doing? Threshing wheat, okay? Basically, they have uh, stored or hidden some wheat somewhere because the Midianites were there. They cannot do anything out in the open. So this guy is mortally scared. And now he's hiding in the wine press. He's threshing the grain. Now after a long point of time, he will also have to grind the flour and he'll have to make bread for his sustenance. Yes, for his family, for his just to survive. Okay? Now, here is that Gideon. You can understand the, the, the guy he is, right? Already, uh, now his forefathers were all slaves. They were rescued. Now they are out in this field. God had asked them, God had asked the whole of Israel to march into lands that did not belong to them. God said, I will give you victory. You just have to go ahead and take over the land. But the condition is you have to drive out all of these people. You cannot let even one of them stay in the same land. Kill them, drive them out, like don't spare them. But Israelites, of course, didn't do it. So God said, okay, if the, the condition of your victory was a certain point, if you're not doing that, here you go. These Midianites will be now the, in the Bible it says, thorn to your flesh. They will keep coming and they will keep prodding. Now imagine a child who is living in that trauma, in, in, in such a condition, always warring. The tribes are always warring. Okay, there's not enough to eat. Now, 
This is Gideon. That is the Gideon we're talking about. This Gideon who is hiding in the wine press to thresh, uh, to uh, skin, or to, you know, it says to thresh the wheat. Okay? Now to him, the angel appears, and it says in verse 12, it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of, what is valor? What? No, it is, it is. Don't, don't be like, oh, what? No, I am saying what? A guy who's a coward. The angel of the Lord comes up to a guy who's a coward and says, oh, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Wow. <laughs> No, I want you to pause and I want you to, you know, sailor that moment and say, the angel of the Lord. Now, the Lord is, God, of course, is not, is not, um, you know, being dishonest. It's like looking at the face of the bandit and saying, oh, saint, you know, like. Wow. Because I want to tell you that your eyes and God's eyes See from two different perspectives. And it's time for us to see from the eyes of God. Yes? Okay? But in all of this, you have to still keep thinking, who is that Gideon? Who is this boy Gideon? Okay? Now, it says, uh, and then Gideon asks a whole set of questions. He's like, please, Lord, uh, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the wonderful deeds that my forefathers used to tell me? Okay, and he's just complaining. And, and this angel of the Lord, it turns to him and says, now it says, Lord in capital. You see that Lord in capital? Okay, it means Jesus in his um, non-human form. You will see a lot of times in the Old Testament, you, there will be L-O-R-D, which is like small L-O-R-D. That will be angel of the Lord. Okay? Then you will see capital L-O-R-D. That will be Jesus. One of the times it is Jesus who is with Abraham telling him about what is going to happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. That is capital L-O-R-D. So here you will see the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus is it is uh, the messenger of Jesus talking to him saying, go in this might of yours. What are you talking about? You're talking about a Gideon who is literally hiding from his oppressors. And the angel is saying, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. This is verse 14. What is, what is the might of Gideon? Now there, is, there are two aspects to Gideon that you will see here. One is the fact that when God calls him a man of valor, that is God identifying him as a person who God is of course going to infuse his strength. All that he needs to say is yes. 
Okay, then there is this other place where it says, go in this might of yours and save Israel. Do not I send you. This is the other part of valor that comes from obeying instructions. Do not I send you. You can choose to sit down and say, pass. Can you get, catch the guy? in the next wine press, he's also similarly hiding and doing threshing. Just catch hold of him. I don't feel like it. And guess what? <laughs> the Lord is not short of people to fight a battle for Israel. So there is a point, or there is a, 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 a part of Gideon where God identifies him. Or God is infusing him with his strength and saying, you are a mighty man of valor. And then there is the other part that says, go in this might, do I not send you? So if you are second guessing yourself as to where God has sent you, go in the might, go in the strength, go in the revelation that God has sent you. That's all. You don't need a whole thing Thesis on why you need to do what God asked you to do. Okay? This is Gideon. Okay? We are still, we're still there. Okay? We're not, we've not figured out who this Gideon is till now. Because I want you all to ask, Lord, where is my Gideon? Because that is where we are going. Have to keep asking. Okay, keep asking, Lord, where is my Gideon? Okay? Now, you, you keep coming down. And you will see that Gideon accepts this word and says, please don't go. I have to bring an offering. So he goes and he gets an offering for this angel. And here it mentions that it was 22 liters of flour, wheat flour, same wheat. You remember he was sitting, threshing, uh, grinding in the wine press. He was drinking. You know how much he had? 22 liters. Do you have 22 kilos of atta in your house currently? Why? It's a whole lot. But I want you to imagine you are in a war-struck, earthquake-struck place where your sustenance is hand-to-mouth. Where did he get 22 kilos of atta from? Yeah, that's right. That was all he had to, to uh, feed. And it's not his, by the way. <laughs> He's the youngest in the house. So it belongs to the father and the brothers who are doing similar exploits somewhere in the land. And they are bringing handfuls of atta. They are sitting, hiding, grinding, carrying, you know, hiding it in the pockets. So these guys would have done that, you know, put it in their pockets, hidden it under their cloaks, little by little by little, they collected, and right now it's 22 kilos, but you can't breathe a word of it. Because that's all there is. For dinner for the next one month, if you're eating one chapati a day, for a group of people, for like men in the house. It was not even his, but he contributed. So he brings that, brings that. 
What is that? All he had. Everything he had. At the cost of going hungry tomorrow. Tonight, if he has to make food for his family, there's nothing. And he brings all of it. And he kills a goat. Probably like the one, two goat that he had, out of which he kills one, and he brings it to the angel. And he offers that as a sacrifice. Okay? Now, this is the median, uh, sorry, this is Gideon, median, it rhymes, no? So, this is the Gideon that we are talking about. And you should understand that he is no extraordinary person. He is, he is not an outstanding personality. He does not have the charisma. Okay? He does not have anything that you and I will identify in a leader. Now, the Israelites made that mistake once. They went and told God, Lord, have you seen our enemies? Oh my goodness. You see how nicely their castles are built? You know why? Because they have a king. How about you take rest and you give us a king? And the Bible says, Saul was taller than anybody in the whole of Israel. So if you if you see, if in, if you're in a crowd, you can easily spot a Saul, and he was a man of good appearance. And you know the story where it goes, right? Yeah, that's what happens when our answered prayers are answered. I mean, our ans our prayers are answered. Okay, then our eyes are fixed on the Saul, and then when they go into the battle, and you see a Goliath. You see what Saul is sitting and doing? <laughs> Sending a boy for war. Because this man ran out of options. There is a Goliath who is threatening them. And guess what? He is the Goliath of Israel. <laughs> if that was a Goliath who was towering over everybody else, he is the Goliath of Israel. All that he needed was tell God, Lord, send me. I will bring this guy back because I think that I am taller than all of these guys. I am built. I am equipped for war. I am a man of war. I have all my, uh, you know, the shield and the whole armor of a soldier. Send me. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> he instead chose to send a boy. And that's what happens when we pray and God answers the exact prayer we pray. And here was a Gideon who is a, he's just an ordinary person. He is just one of the brothers. And God calls him out and says, I want you to lead Israel. And that is where we come to the, the portion where now, Oh, oh, okay, uh, just, a, just a tiny bit, okay? The, in, in the same chapter, you go down and you will see God telling him, hey, you know what? The whole land is filled with idols. I want you to go and pull down all the, uh, all the altars that are built to Baal. Guess what this man of valor does? He goes secretly, okay? In hiding, he goes in the night when there's nobody awake and he pulls down these altars, Okay? 
you can fear God and you can fear man. <laughs> but if you fear God, you will still see victory. If you fear man, you have nothing to gain out of it. So fear God. Even if you, if, even if you have to fear men, fear God. His fear of God came at the cost of him putting himself in the middle of trouble. He's asking for trouble. And the Bible says because it was a test on him. And he passed that test. And the next thing you see is a whole gathering, is a whole bunch of people, 32,000 people ready to go fight with him. Because the fear of men was in his heart. It was not a validated fear. I don't know how many of you understood that point. He chose to put fear of God above the fear of men. He could have not broken the idols of Baal. Okay? Now the point is that he did fear men. That is why he did it in the night. But the fact is, he did bring down the altars. And that's how he passed the test. And that's how he found favor in the eyes of the entire nation of Israel to the point that they said, you go ahead and lead. We are with you. And that's where we see our key verse for today, which is, um, you know, when Gideon was asked to lead this nation into war, you know how many people were there? 32,000. And God said, I don't want these many people because if you go with so many people, you will say you won the war. So Gideon said, okay, anybody who is scared right now or you don't want to be in the fight, please leave. 22,000 people went. How many remaining? 10,000. 10,000 men remaining. Then God said, this is too many. You, I will perform a test and I will filter out the people that are going to come with you. Okay? And God did a test and he filtered out. You know how many men were remaining? How many? Not 3,000? Are you sure? That's a really small number. And I'm talking to those 300 people. The really, really, really filtered out people today. I'm talking to them. And if you believed it, you would have said, Amen. <laughs> if you wanted to be a part of that army, you would have said, Amen. You have been given the choice. If you're scared of going into the war, you can go back. It's okay. Gideon is fighting the war. You will win the war. Do you want to be a part of the army? Ask yourself. Am I talking to 300 people right now? Am I talking to the bunch that got filtered first by choice and second by the anointing and the appointing by God? Now, if you are part of that, that army that is being led by Gideon, I want you to ask yourself, who is my Gideon? Ask God, Lord, show me my Gideon. Okay? Because 
from now on it's not about becoming gideon because god has already appointed a leader over these 300 people god has already instructed over these 300 people and he doesn't even look like a leader he looks like a man who is hiding in the threshing floor or the wine press threshing wheat so i'm not going to get you excited over you know by 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 saying that okay how about you become a gideon no i'm telling you you are the army over whom the lord has appointed a gideon and he looks like an insignificant person he looks like the guy who sweeps you know when when they come into the church you will find him sweeping putting chairs you will find him in the toilet cleaning the toilet you will find her putting out the you know putting out cups you will not see that leader of yours taking the place of honor and letting you fight that war but there is a gideon that is placed and i don't want you to miss out this point for anything and even if you don't like this sermon it's okay because i am going to tell you that there is a gideon that has been placed over your life to whom god has given secrets of winning the war and you just have to do what he does and you just have to follow what he is doing and you just have to listen to what he's saying and you just have to be led by instructions are you ready for that that's not an easy place to be in it means that when the entire vast majority is sitting and enjoying the spoils of war you are the one with the battle scars oh does not sound happening happening it's it's not a very you know it's not a very uh, good feeling that you have to go into the war and you are not even being identified for that war because all the glory is going to gideon right oh so then it's probably not worth it yeah because the glory won't be yours but the victory will be yours let me talk to bondage break okay because because this is this is i know that you know it's it's not an exciting sermon to to cheer for let me talk to the bondage breakers of a generation you are singled out in your family so that it ends with you now it makes sense yeah but guess what that victory that is going to come to you will come through instruction through submission through being led and through serving a man to whom god has uh you know put his spirit upon so if you are serious about your war if you are serious about stopping what stops with you 
you have to do something new that is unique to you that you've not seen anybody else do what am i saying what am i saying is it making sense is it too far fetched no you've you've only seen i come from a church i'm i'm i don't want to quote this as an example but when when i was little and i was in a denominational church we saw a lot of politics and one of the things that kept being thrown at at you know at fathers we we had fathers so uh, you know the priests were called fathers and one of the things any time the the priest would stand up and say guess what this is what we are supposed to do these people would get up and say hey we pay you for what you have to say so sit down don't let our church become that because they failed to see who this leader that was appointed over them was capable of leading them through lord reveal to them their gideon if you are that army of 300 you need your gideon and then there was a moses there was a moses who god said you know i will i will lead israel out of slavery through this one man and guess what they chose to do they chose to grumble they chose to ask him hey aren't you the same guy who killed the egyptian who makes you the lord over us and so they were in slavery for the rest of the 40 years they could have been if if moses was still in the um, in in far in pharaoh's castle probably redemption would have come earlier but they chose to drive him away by asking who made you lord over me and so moses ran away <laughs> they drove him away from them and so they were in slavery for more years 40 more years till of course moses could come to his senses and one burning bush spoke to him and then he could come back till that time they were in slavery don't do that to your gideon don't drive him away he looks like an ordinary person he looks like one of you he may not have the same revelation that you may have had when you opened the bible he may not be doing this things with the same efficiency that you may do in your workplace he may not be as skilled a, an orator as you are like moses was moses used to stutter he used to stammer and god still identified him as the man of valor as the leader of israel and said lead my nation out of slavery and so it takes eyes of god to find what is extraordinary in this man who god has chosen to lead us 
You know why? Because he is not winning battles for himself. He is winning battles for you. There was once when uh, Israelites grumbled. Okay, let me take you to that verse. This is a very, very nice verse, okay? Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Now, the, the context is that when the Israelites were in the desert, okay, they started grumbling, saying, Oh, how I wish I were in Egypt. Because there were, I remember this because Pastor Priji had said, there were cucumbers in Egypt. I'm like, ask for something better. Like biryani, you know, like shawarma. There were cucumbers in Egypt and they were so fascinated by cucumbers in Egypt. Onions in Egypt. Today, if you eat onion, there you sit, I can... Why will you desire for something like that? There was, they were ready to go back to Egypt for cucumbers. Oh, I, I just dropped a big bomb. I don't know how many of you got it. Okay? Your enemy will dangle that carrot in front of you and you are ready to give up on your freedom to go back and be a slave to that sin for that carrot, for that cucumber. The Israelites are ready to drop their freedom that had been led by God. They, they were seeing the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. That is what led them out into the desert and they still want to go back to Egypt. So this is the verse, okay? It says, now, now they are sitting and asking God, sitting and asking Moses, not even God. They're sitting and asking Moses, please give me food. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven. Say that loudly. Excuse me? Bread from heaven was what? For? 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 Who is you? No. No. Moses. The bread was bread for Moses. Read the remaining. Read the remaining. Don't leave it. Say that again. The bread was bread for only Moses. The bread was a test for the Israelites. And that bread will become bread for the Israelites when they are going to follow instructions from Moses. Turn your test into your bread by identifying your Moses and following your Moses. I'll give you one last verse and I'll be done. Okay? Go to Exodus. Oh, sorry. Um, Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Uh, verses 
Eight onwards, we will, we'll, again, we'll skim read. Okay? 17, eight onwards. Now, I want, you to, I want you to move through these verses quickly, okay? Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men, go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Go to the next verse. So Joshua did as Moses told him. He fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Go to the next verse. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hand, the enemies prevailed. Now... But Moses' hand grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, other on the other side, so his hands were steady until sundown, until they won the war. What, what do you see here? The man of God who is supposed to lead Israel into victory said, I'm going to raise my hand and keep my hand raised. I will have the staff of God with me and I will keep it raised. And while my hand is up, you will win the war. So Joshua is there down there winning the war. However, there is a human part to your man of God that grows weary that comes down and you see it as a weakness and you say oh I don't think he's capable of leading us anymore let me take over because I think I'm better than him and guess what you may be better than him because you may not stutter and stammer like a Moses and you may not walk with a with a hunchback like Paul did and your face may not be disfigured like Jesus. Because they say Jesus is not a very um, you know, attractive personality to look at. And you may not be, you know, you, you, may, you may be so much better in so many ways than your man of God. <laughs> and when he grows weary, you can say, Anna, give it to me. Let me hold it up. Now, because I am younger than you, I am stronger than you. I am more capable than you. I can hold it up higher and longer than you have. No. They said, let me make it comfortable for you to lead from where you are. They took a stone. They made him sit on it. And they said, put your hand here. And so, it was a pleasure leading from there. It was a joy leading from there. It was, it was relaxing leading from there. And guess what? If anybody else would have raised that uh, staff, the, the stick, Israel wouldn't have won the war. They needed Moses. They needed Gideon. And we need a man of God. We need our Gideon. We need our leaders to lead us. And all that we can do as the army of 300 is to make their life. And when I say make their life comfortable, I don't mean to say that make idols out of them. But 
David still had the humility to say, this man looks possessed. But I will not fight him, lest God fights me. There are secret sins in this man's life. But I can choose to rebel and I can choose to surrender, submit and let God win that war for you. I know that a lot of us have doubts. I've had that doubt. When, you know, when I saw the weakness in my husband who was a pastor, okay? I could, I can and I can still choose to say, I can either take him down <laughs> with his weakness and I don't have to submit to him because this is a fallen man. Or you can say, Lord, you see what's happening. You fight for me. And every time I have cried that prayer, not, no, of course not, <laughs> not with my husband, but every time the word was submit to this person. But if it is, if you identify, yes, there will be, because there is a man aspect in the man of God. There is a human aspect in every person that will suffer weaknesses. And you are still asked to submit. At that time, take your battle to the Lord. And you will see. And I am telling you, you will see. You will see. And you will see God fighting that battle for you. And you will see God fighting that battle for you. There will be no one with you. And this might seem like the heights of injustice, but you will see. But you will see. And those who believed, you will see. You will see. When you take that fight to God, God will fight for you. Oh, come on. Come on. God will fight for you. God will fight for you. When you take, when you don't put your hand into altering the result of the fight, when you say, Lord, you ask me, this is a principle. And that's the beauty about principles. When you follow principles, because then you are saying, I am keeping my ego aside. I am keeping my hurts aside. I am keeping my logic aside. And I am going to bring this war and drop it at God's feet. And then you will see. Oh, you will see. Trust me, you will see. God fighting for you. If he is a God of justice and if he is a father in heaven, you will see God fighting for you. Thank you for joining us this day to worship and to hear the voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May you continue to flourish in all your endeavors as you work closely with him. Have a great week and Shalom.